Have you managed to hold on to your friends outside of the music business? Yeah, definitely. I don't have any music business friends at all. I don't think. I mean, there's, there's Thomas Dolby who produces the records. But I really don't, I don't even hang out with, hang out, man, with other artists. Yeah. Because I'm, um, well, for one, it's very boring. You know, when you talk about, uh, yeah. you talk about your careers or why your record didn't get as high this week, you start to get really boring. So I know lots of people who, um, who, you know, to do real jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, I wasn't going to say it. Look out! The lever! Get away from that lever! Don't blow us all to atoms! Alright, let's do this. Alright, welcome everyone. This is That Record Got Me High. I am your host, Rob Ooh. Elba. I probably, if I sound a little nasal, I don't, I swear I don't have a cold again. It's just the al- allergies are really bad. I'm in South Florida and, and I guess I saw in the news, they said, al- I don't even know what the hell I'm allergic to, but whatever it is, it's really bad now. So my allergies have been bad. So if I, if I sneeze or if I sniffle, just know it's not a, it's not a cold. It's not COVID. I think as far as I know, it's just allergies. So there you go. Uh, like I said, it's great to have you all here and I have a guest, you know, it's funny. The last episode I did, I had a guest, uh, Jim Camacho, who I've known for 30 plus years. And now I have a guest that I, I have no idea. We just literally just met as he signed on in zoom. So you're going to meet him as, as I meet him. Let's welcome the tonight's guest, Mr. Greg Franco. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hello, Chicago. <laughs> Hello, right. LA. Yes. That's, you know. All right. So you're in LA. You're a, all right. So Greg, for those of you who don't know, he's a singer, songwriter who came up. So I saw. So you came up on the LA punk scene like in the '80s, in the early '80s, right? I did. I did. I was there for. We didn't know what it was. It was. It was kind of like right in the middle of uh, the '80s, like '85. You know. Right was kind of our our time when i was first starting out yeah and, and uh a lot of great bands yeah you time. played in a bunch of bands but your current project is man's body and that's, that's so it right. says out of chicago but how does that work if it's out of chicago but you're in la is it like one of these well virtual i bands? met this guy named jay and we had to start a band together and it was like well he lives in chicago oh well you know we'll just start it anyway oh okay. and so you know yeah so then we've been doing that for a few years now since 2016 so yeah and i will say and uh if anyone wants to check out the music which i'm going to play some of it here but uh heyday media group so i guess heyday media group is that what puts this out because it's heyday media group dot yeah their label yeah yeah so heyday media group dot bandcamp.com you can get all their releases and your most recent one which is uh what's the name of the most recent release it's called a set of steak knives i am
it's really good, Greg. I mean, I listened. I was. I've listened to it earlier in the day because I've been listening to your pick. But then I said, oh, I should listen to some of Greg's stuff, and it's good. It's really good. It's one of these things. I don't know. Do you remember? You remember the book, a, a Confederacy of Dunces? Yes. All right, so uh, Kenneth Toole, the guy that wrote that, it's like a really tragic story. He wrote it. He couldn't get it published. or I don't even know if he tried to get it published, whatever, but he ended up committing suicide. But his, his mom yes. would, took his manuscript around, and she, and she gave it to this one editor, and it's so, he said something so great. He said... I read. I started. I, I read it just to you know just to appease her. But I always read it whenever I read stuff. I always hope that it's so bad that I can after just a couple of paragraphs I could just put it down and say, oh, that's it. It's horrible. My my fear is yeah. that it's going to be good and then I have to keep reading. <laughs> right and that and that's how it is like when i listen to your music i was like oh i'll check it out but if you know if if i listen to a little and i said oh this is i don't like this but no it was good so i ended up listening to the whole thing and it was really good so well that's what i do too to be honest right that's that's very honest of you but that's exactly what i do too i used to be a booker for a club and so there you go right i had to wade through all the music and and you know that's what you you have time for everything so you gotta you gotta you gotta put your antenna up and just hope for the best right right but something yeah but sometimes it's it, it, it's like easier if it's just oh that sucks and that's it you, you don't have to ever deal with it again but but if it's right? interesting then oh shit that just i have to spend more time with this it, could, it hey you know as the minuteman said this band could change your life there you go all right so what you know? so that's a, this is a good segue into what we're going to talk about, which was a surprising, just reading about you and how you came up in the LA punk scene. This was a uh, yeah. surprising pick, I would say. So uh, what is the pick? What are we talking about? We're talking about something that I, I really don't share with a lot of people. It's not really my, the way I do music. It's something that um, I don't know if I aspire to it or it's just alien to me. I've never been able to figure it out. You know, it's like the Rubik's Cube of music. It's like, I can't figure it out. And I don't know how they did it. And that's that's why I like it so much. And I keep listening to it over and over and over again. It's called uh, Prefab Sprouts, Jordan, The Comeback. Yeah, Prefab Sprout. So, yeah, so I remember yeah. when uh, this album I was not familiar with, but when you mentioned it and I said, I remember them because I remember in the 80s, uh, I was living up in Massachusetts, and I remember my, they had that album, Steve McQueen. Hunger howls, hunger's red, hunger stays till it's fed, then it somehow fades, then it somehow leaves your side, depending on its appetite, depending on your appetite. So if you take That's that's fantastic. I almost picked that record, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know which one's my favorite. <laughs> I just kind of threw a coin in a way. Oh, that okay, record. okay. Are you familiar with that record? Pretty, I was well, pretty it, well with that record. I I was more because I remember uh, at the time Modern Rock Radio, wherever I, I was, I was living up in Boston, and they had a lot of. You know, radio stations that would play more like modern yeah. music, modern rock, whatever, and they played a lot of that. And I and I listened to it again. I said, "Oh yeah, I, I recognize a lot of those songs." And I also recognized a song or two from from this album as well. But um, which this oh, so this is their fifth. This is Prefab Sprout's fifth album, which was released in right. 90, 1990. 1990. Yeah, but it, but uh, yeah, and I remember at the time not. 
not hating it, liking it, but it is very, yeah, like for the, anyone who doesn't know, it's not something that you would think two guys that were in, uh, played in punk bands and stuff would be into because it's very, it, it's very produced sounding, very lush sounding, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Thomas Dolby production. <laughs> right. Okay. So I Thomas mean, Dolby, uh, right. Thomas Dolby produced that, uh, Steve McQueen album and he produced this one too, uh, Jordan, the comeback. Yes, he did. And, um, but this guy, I guess, uh, Patty. All right. So the main band is these two brothers, right? Patty and Martin. Yeah. McAloon, right? Is that how you pronounce their last name? Yeah, I think so. McAloon. <laughs> oh, right. McAloon. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So the two brothers, but, uh, Patty is the main, is the songwriter. And this guy's like a like a really great songwriter and a very renowned. This is like one of those bands that were is much more well known uh, where they're from in in the UK and you know more right. of a niche band I would say here in the US, right? Well, yeah, I don't. I think they made no real dent here at all, to be honest. Right. I well, don't think they didn't have anything here. Yeah. Well, one of the things I read, a uh, thing that obviously hurt them a lot, was that they never really toured. That they, he just refused to tour here. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. Because he just. I mean, to... how do you tour with that? It. Yeah, how I know. You tour right. With right. The, the kind of music. What do you get? A full horn orchestra? Blah blah blah. What yeah, do you do? That's know. what you. Do. That's what you do because yeah. All right. So it's the two brothers, and then they were joined by the uh, vocalist, guitarist, keyboard player Wendy Smith. And then in uh, 1980, they formed like in the late 70s, but in 1982, uh, Neil Conti is the drummer and he's the drummer on this too. And uh, yeah, really great musicianship on this. I mean, as far as, you know, someone that may get turned off by the production, which is basically just like a really high uh, production value, you know? I mean, it's just very, Mm -hmm. very crisp and clean and very slick. But you could tell also that these are really good players, too. I mean, they got just the rhythm section, uh, Martin McAloon and the drummer Neil Conti. I mean, these guys are like really great rhythm section and play all different genres, not just one genre, right? There's all, all different types of music on here. Neil Conti ended up playing like for so many different hit records after, yeah, Prefab didn't didn't tour. And so he said, OK, enough with that. And oh, OK, any money. OK. And then you know he's 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 a genius on his own, but the real genius is is Patty. But yeah, Neil played with um, you know a lot of. If you look him up, he played on a lot of famous Brit rock kind of pop hits and stuff. I mean, he, you know, and he moved to France and he has this fascinating guy. Right. And he has his own, like, mobile recording studio and all this stuff, too, so. Yeah, well, yeah, it makes sense, like I said, because um, it's just, and yeah, like I said, the genres, I hear, like, you hear, like, soul, funk, yeah. disco, there's a little country, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, there's just so much uh, going on. And he had a really good, actually, um, Patty McAloon had a good quote 
because he said that the lushness and and the soft touch like that they used in the production was the most avant-garde thing you can do in the rock scene in 1990. You know, <laughs> when you think about it, it was totally against the grain of what else was going on in in uh, 1990. You know, and they they did have some restraint, I think, on some level too, because you can hear the playing, you can hear the. The uh, it's not it's not just like some Trevor Horn production or you know something like that. Right? Oh right, right, right. Too. But it wasn't over the top either. Like a like some of the stuff around it. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe like it had Joni Mitchell and Prince in it too. You know, it just just all over. Oh the right, place. right, yeah, yeah, right, you know? yeah, for sure. And it, and it's funny. And I guess he took like a year doing uh, demos recording the demos for it and then when finally when he got Thomas Dolby on board he listened to him and he said these sound like they're almost done like I feel like I can't even do anything and but yeah. he, he, he really wanted him involved and they did and they and they you know read and they redid them and produced them and it's just yeah just the that it sounds so good and it's really it's, so what is it it's also it's also a, a kind of a concept record right because it's got like four yeah four different parts to it well it's interesting because he has this whole like elvis making the comeback yeah, and then strand, right. stranded out in the desert and he's got this whole thing about uh jesse james and he's kind of this you know he's fascinated by um elvis presley and the effect that he had on kind of america and it's Right, it right. definitely is 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 imbued with the the whole uh, American you know rock and roll culture and the anti-hero and he just he's he's kind of all over the place, and then what he said was that uh, he kind of abandoned that, but there's songs on the record about that stuff, and then and it has a lot of biblical references too. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, a lot. Jordan, the you know, it's just all of it's like you know about all this stuff and then uh and then at one point he he got confused and he just abandoned the whole thing in a way and then he wrote his best songs at the very end and those are kind of at the end of the record and i think those are the probably the best songs on the record yeah but they um, but they kind of tie everything together because there's still a lot of the rapper uh record even if when he's talking about elvis or whatever it's about redemption you know someone getting uh redemption totally. and it's about like death and fate and all that so yeah that that's definitely strung through the entire he thing talks about being out in the desert which is biblical and you know yeah, all this yeah. stuff and the river jordan the water's washing over it's and, mentioned in and, a few <laughs> like at least like two or three songs yeah mentioned specifically mentions uh the river jordan and um it's an acid trip of an album to be honest it is so so before we start listening to it here's the big question i want to ask you how does a kid like from la like an la punk kid how do you get into this band and this album okay you know back in the day you know i don't know how old you are but i'm you know my late 50s yeah we're about if the same you age, wanted we're about to go age. right i mean there was no you know this there was there was no way to to really access just the radio was fine and you get your stuff there you get your Doobie Brothers or whatever right? right and then you go well what else is there I don't know about you know anything so you have to go to a record store and kind of nudge your way up to a, to a, this guy you don't know and go 
what I what should I buy, you know, right, that kind right. of thing. You really had to ingratiate yourself with these people, which is extremely intimidating because they go away. I don't need whatever. Leave me alone. Mooney P. It's almost impossible to find, especially on CD. Yet another cruel trick played on all the dumbasses who got rid of their turntables. But every other Echo and the Bunnyman album. Yeah, I have all the other ones. Oh, you do. Well, how about the Jesus and Mary chain? Yeah, they always seem. They always seem what? They always seem really great is what they always seem. They picked up where your precious Echo left off and you're sitting around complaining about no more Echo albums. I can't believe you don't own this fucking record. That's insane. Jesus. And yeah. so, you know, eventually they will give you stuff to listen to. And so there was a guy there who was around my age, actually. So I felt a little more comfortable. And he's like, oh, you might like Prefab Sprout. And this guy, Jeff Cranford, is actually from Connecticut, but he lived in L.A. at the time. And he was just obsessed with them. So he was already in, you know. Right. And then he gives me the, the first single, which, you know, and was called uh, Lions in My Own Garden, Exit Someone. And I was like, OK, I bought that import. I'm spending more money, but I'm <laughs> right. going to, you know, you know, that kind of thing. And then when Swoon came out, I bought that. And that was just the deep dive for me. Their first album on Kitchenware Records. was out of England and you had to spend more money for it. I just, I was kind of becoming obsessed with, you know, the go-betweens and bands like that. Oh, okay. And right. uh, yeah, so that that, changed, that kind of changed my trajectory because yeah, Dead Kennedys, The Clash, all that stuff were all there. Right. And, and then, you know, going back to when I was a kid, Bowie, Elton John, that stuff's still there. Exactly. You know, yeah. And that's, the, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Elton John too, because I hear that a little bit of that in here too with the uh with the piano totally. and some, yeah so um yeah and, and that's it at the end of the day it, it's just good good music and good stuff is good stuff and this is really good stuff but it is you have to take this little leap of faith because it doesn't sound like you said you're listening to the dead kennys and the Minutemen and you know the punk rock ramones and, and it does not sound like ramones that at all and- yeah um <laughs> yeah it's funny yeah. um all right so the first so the first like five songs are just like a pop song he said he did decided these don't really have they're 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 just like and because that's one thing that he's really into uh i, I was reading a you know an interview with him and and even though he's very well regarded and there's a lot of other artists that cite him as an influence he said but he really at the end of the day he still loves uh, records like hit records and hit pop records so he would have liked to maybe have bigger he, hits <laughs> he never i think he in a way it's kind of interesting because i want that too in a way right am i not of course but, if you're um, a musician of course, yeah yeah don't don't lie you know you you want everybody to love you whatever right of course so i understand him wanting to do that i think the closest thing they ever did to that was maybe love breaks down
takes time. Right. Which I think is great. Um, but it just didn't, you know, it didn't. That's a, you know, people used to make fun of like one hit wonders. You try to do a one hit wonder. Oh, I know. You know just to I get mean? one. Exactly. It's not exactly. easy to do. One hit. I know. Right. It's I not. Mean, everybody likes it. Uh, okay. I'll take that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so he never really did them. I don't think he ever did. Yeah. And there's some songs on here that I say, wow, that this is great. That sounds like it could have been a, a, a hit. You know, I'm surprised it, it, it wasn't. Uh, you got to think the industry was kind of against this guy in a way, but it's also like, remember the eighties? It, it, it wasn't that great, you know, yeah, and right. he was doing great <laughs> stuff. And yeah. guess what? He endures his music. To me, he's, he's like a wizard. I'm a songwriter and I'm like, this is my guy. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. great. And I actually hear, but I hear that, especially in the, the newest stuff that you put out that record, like some of it, I, I, I can hear it in there. I, I can. So, uh, you know, yeah, that uh, craftsmanship it's like bit, the, it, it's like the music uh, craftsmanship you know the craftsmanship of of a song and um yeah Absolutely. so let's so let's get into this the yep. first song looking for atlantis right away you get the uh lushness of the recording and the production and then but then one thing i noticed i'm listening to it and i realized the song is pretty simple it only has like two chords but you really don't even <laughs> notice that because it's so well arranged and well done that's punk rock there you go <laughs> All right, so listen <laughs> listen to the first punk rock song looking yeah. for Atlantis. like a really you know simple simple message just stop wasting time and find someone and fall in love you know that's uh, that, that's the message but, but not only that find find me he's saying, exactly you know, right right me <laughs> you know and yeah. that's that's what that's what makes it punk rock too you know it's like you know my favorite line though is there are legions out there church and searching for the holy grail isn't we can find it you know yeah right so he just he's kind of weird where he seems very religious and then he just tosses off a lyric like that too well, you know what i mean like he's all over the place he's I, funny i read did you read did you read about him like before he really got into music he was thinking of becoming a, a priest. yes 
Yes. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, uh, it's in there. I thought of the same thing too. Catholic boy, like yeah, no, really, <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, that's funny. I don't think <laughs> yeah, Jewish. I don't I mean, think most know. Jewish kids dream of being rabbis, though. I don't know. I didn't. Rabbis. <laughs> I don't think so. It's a different vibe. My wife's Jewish, and I'm thinking about converting, becoming a rabbi. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I'll start uh, my own, uh, you know, music one. I don't know. Right. Probably not. All right. So this, so the next song, Wild Horses. What do you think about this next song? So it could be, it could be the subject matter. What it, uh, it's, it's basically a, about an older guy pining for a younger girl. But I will say. Not in the Gene Simmons creepy kind of way, but more like Rivers Cuomo self-loathing type thing. <laughs> you get more of that. Um, the Voyeur song, I think. I think um, or almost a pining, like pining for someone younger, but in a way it seems like it's really just someone pining for them to be, you know, for just young love in general, like to be to back in time. Cause there's a lot of that on this record too. A lot of like, well, you know what, here's the thing. It, the, the lyrics do mean a lot because um, he, he, he really worked on them. You can tell. Oh, right. That, right. You know, I mean like, you know, Grayson looks, take no credit for a girl. You're part of the score, like chemicals that worry me. I'm a wolf in the for, eye for the ponies. Wow. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it, <laughs> well, those wild it, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. But it's also like kind of beautiful. It is That's it's beautiful part, and very you know. poetic. So it kind of yeah elevates it a little. And it's and it's yeah, also it just a really pretty. It a it's like you know I'd fall for it too. You know they're like okay. <laughs> All right, know? let's hey you know let's let's do a little bit of yeah, wild, uh, wild horses. crazy when you think of the time like 1990 like nirvana just came out and all these grunge bands and then you have this which is so counter to all that you know i was into all that too i took right. the pilgrimage i drove up to seattle i saw all that stuff you know right big but time good for you though you could still appreciate this which is totally you know totally from a whole different angle but like you said still at the end of the day great songs very well written very well thought out uh lyrics yeah. And and this next one, okay, so we got Machine Gun Ibiza, Ibiza, which is it almost this one's funky. It almost sounds like a Sly Stone track, but it's about Hendrix in a way. It's it, it references Jimi Hendrix, uh, Machine Gun, like the song Machine Gun. Huh. Absolutely, Ibiza. Was that real? Well, let's we'll talk about it. Let's listen to it. We don't know about that. Yeah, it just sounds to good it. off the tongue, I guess. I, I don't guess. know. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> let's listen to Machine yeah, Gun. Weird. Ibiza. Thank you. 
He's a stone Delta blues man. He's a top Romo star. He's a stone Delta blues man. He's a top Romo star. Black wand, white magic, nitroglycerine. He's earned the right to be known as machine. Gonna be the voodoo up, Romo down. Machine, gonna be the hanging town with a hurricane sound. What I love about this is he's clearly singing about Hendrix. You could tell by the lyrics, but I love songs that are about like a certain, like, you know, a, a person or a group, but it doesn't try to sound like them. Like, you know, uh, Frank Black has that song. Yeah. I heard Ramona sing. It's about the Ramones, but it doesn't sound like a Ramones song at all, you know? And uh, I love stuff like that. Yeah. Again, the Thomas Dolly production, the Neil Conti d- drums. Um, yeah, yeah, right. You know, if your heart's 16, I love that line, you're going to wake up like machine gun to be there or whatever. It's just like there's a feeling there. The yeah. Vibe. And, and, and it's true because you could like, someone could listen to us and think that it's all like synth drums or electronic drums, but you could tell when you really listen, you could tell, no, these are really guy, pe- people playing, uh, and really yeah, good, that's... like really good, tight rhythm section. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. All right. So we get, this is, uh, the last of the first, like the pop, like I said, they started, it, it, it's cool because like you said, maybe he had a concept and he kind of, you know, it kind of went, uh, uh you know, by the wayside, but he still grouped the songs together. So yep. this is one more really, uh, pop song, really pretty. And this is like, you, you had mentioned Elton John and this is kind of like a piano ballad in a way. And you could tell it's, mm. he's writing about himself too. It's definitely autobiographical i think uh let's listen to yep we let the stars go we let the stars go there was a girl i used to know she teased me about my name Fan the embers long enough I sometimes catch her flame The soothing voice of distance tells me That was just a flame Other music fills my ears But I still hear her sing She sings Patty Joe, say Patty Joe, Don't you remember me? Long ago, one gorgeous night, we let the stars go. Patty Joe, say Patty Joe, don't you remember me? Ah. 
Long ago, one gorgeous night, we let the stars go free. So, so Greg, I'm curious. Over the years, have you like tried to turn other people onto this? And sometimes, do people just like say, what? "I don't try to do that at all." <laughs> okay. <laughs> In fact, I, I told you at the outset I was nervous about this. This is such a personal record, right? For me. That even hearing you play these songs, I've, I've never heard anybody play these songs back ah, to me. Only well, me. Don't worry, Greg. You, you've come to a safe space. This is a safe space <laughs> for you. <laughs> Isn't that weird, though? I mean, to say that, it's absolutely true. Yeah, no, As, I, oh, maybe, I can see that because a it's... couple of people I know like that record. A couple, just like maybe two people I know really like this record that I know. Right. Well, it's, yeah. you know what? It, it's not, it's not sometimes it seems like it's not cool or punk rock to be vulnerable and there's a lot of vulnerable like what he says there was a boy i used to be i guess that he was cold if she came to buy him now how cheaply he'd be sold that's uh, so great <laughs> yeah it's great uh but yeah it's you know you listen to stuff like this and you realize this is someone that just wants to make like a really uh, a, a really sweet sounding uh, pop record which is you know i don't understand how people could appreciate the the older stuff but for some reason modern uh when someone does it more modern they just think it's just like treacle and and not worth anything and i don't get that you know because a lot of this reminds I me of like not understand that right yeah yeah, I do, I, yeah yeah some of it reminds me of like motown type music like modern motown and it's like you know but uh i don't know maybe at the time people said motown was just soft shit too i, I could I see it. this really doing well with uh um, like the people who like musicals. Oh, right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially some of the songs coming up. Yeah. In the middle part, for sure. Yeah. Um, this is the musical <laughs> side in a way of me. Yeah. This okay. Is the, good. You know, because I do like musicals. I'm very picky about them. My friend Stu did a play called Passing Strange. Everyone should see. That's a great musical. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm. I'm also a fan of. Yeah. You know, not all of them, not everything, but I am a fan of some uh, musical. No, I I'm too no punk rock for it in a way. Like I don't do that, but then I do. Yeah. For you know, for Why some. Why not? Good for you. Uh, yeah. All right. So Jordan, the comeback. Uh, this is the first of Elvis. This is this starts the like yeah. Elvis thing, which basically it imagines Presley, who died in '77, that he's still alive and living a reclusive existence. That's it. In the desert, like waiting for his comeback to make his comeback, uh, which right. is awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Making another comeback, the '68, and now the whatever, the '80s. Exactly. Yeah, 90s. Oh, man, wouldn't that have been? Wouldn't that have been great? Um, all right, so let's listen to uh, the title track, Jordan, the comeback. They say the spirit moves in mysterious ways. Sometimes the way it moves looks plain berserk. But two things you should be slow to criticize. A man's choice of woman and his choice of work. Some work will earn you top dollar. In this here tinsel town. That's where I started thinking of something else. Cause they couldn't film the spirit from the waist on down. Sometimes I don't sleep too well. About me, 
wasn't much love on them boys. <laughs> I like when he does. I, I love just the narration, like the little Elvis narration. It's like really good. It's kind of cheesy, but it works. It does. Yeah. No, it, it works. I, I feel like it totally works. And I was brought and and just for people, I'm sure there's some people listening who like know this record also and are really into it. And just so you guys know, we're not we're not going to listen to every track because there's a lot of there's 19 no. songs on this. He, I guess he it's originally. A double, it's a double album, right? Yeah. Well, I think they made him. He was actually he wanted to be a double, and there was more songs, but they made him squeeze it into uh, um, into these songs, nineteen songs. So I think it ended up. Being well, I mean, I think back in the day, what a CD they made you put out sixty minutes of music to make it worth a CD right. price. <laughs> yeah. Which was so weird. Like every album was like, okay, a double album was just kind of garbage. Yeah. Way. Right. It, yeah. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, and and I think there's some songs on here that are a little weaker than others. So I try to pick the ones I thought you would like oh, the okay. strongest. Yeah, no, no, they're good. You pick good. Uh, I I made a playlist actually of this what you picked and and it's strong. It's very strong. Yeah. So we get now we get uh, Moon Dog. This song imagines uh, Colonel Tom Parker that he's staging, getting ready for Presley's surprise comeback concert on the moon. On the moon. <laughs> Let's listen to Moon Dog. I know the King on the Moon. It's <laughs> Cars crawl down the heartbreak side of town. The mourners all discuss the boy who caused a fuss. We chopped a billion trees to print up eulogies. But guys, we should have guessed the girls would say it best. And and I think you could definitely hear Thomas Dolby. You could hear uh, Thomas Dolby's touch touch on some of these songs. His uh, production touches, you know, his little quirky sounds that he throws in there. Oh my God, he's great. He is. He is. He's I want I want that guy to produce an album of mine someday. I'll I'll put it out there. Hello, Thomas Dolby. If you're hearing this, please. (laughs) Right. I got some songs. Yeah, he's. You know, the the thing I always uh, liked about Thomas Dolby is no matter how like weird or quirky got, still there was always a lot of melody too. I mean, the songs were still very uh, catchy, and he's he's into that as well. So he's not just into being weird for weird's sake. It's still there's a lot of musicality about. He blinded me with science. Changing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we get uh, the third suite of songs are like love songs. Basically, there's like a love songs part of the record. And it's sure. funny, you had mentioned musicals, and I guess this one, All the World Loves Lovers, uh, yeah. Stephen Sondheim, I guess, was an influence on him, and uh, you know, West Side Story and all that, and yeah, you could you could hear that. Um, 
you could uh, you could hear that in this. I played, and the, I played the orchestra in West Side Story in high school. Did you really? I played French horn. Yeah, I played French horn, and we did My Fair Lady. We did a bunch of musicals. That's good. I love being in the orchestra pit. Yeah, great stuff. Oh, that's great. Do you do any French horn playing anymore, or have you given that up? <laughs> I have a guy, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you do. Actually, I noticed on your thing, you guys have a lot of uh, extra musicians you bring on for the songs, and it's good. That's you know, we're like the Steely Dan of punk rock over here. There I don't you know go. what we're doing. That's but a good yeah, tagline. We bring in I like a lot that. of great people. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's listen to uh, All the World Loves Lovers. All the world loves lovers. All the world loves people in love. Don't forget it. Don't forget it Love whatever the price All the world loves lovers All the world loves people in love Don't forget it Don't forget it Love whatever the price Won't lose our heads the way some lovers do Saying this will last forever When it's just a year or two You and I won't be the fools That other lovers are thinking Every silver bottle top You had, you had mentioned like how could they do this live But I could picture this like touring this album Like now if they did it I think people would dig it You know with a whole orchestra With like you know horns and stuff Oh my god! But he's just you know it's god. funny I read another good quote he said at the time When they wanted him to tour he thought He toyed with the idea of having his Younger brother because he had a younger brother Be him pretend to be him and send him out On the road no. <laughs> and, and that's like always been a hey, You know a, what maybe Maybe you put it together in in a London sound stage, and then you do a hologram concert for lots of venues. Oh yeah, well, I think eventually that's what it's going to go to. This is going to be hologram. Concerts. Don't you think? <laughs> I yeah. think so. I want to be a hologram. That's oh, I know, fun. right? Oh well, I believe me. Yeah. I came I came up with that idea like twenty years ago. I I always when I was still playing in bands, I said, "Can't we just find some young guys to like go on the road and play these songs?" <laughs> I thought Kraftwerk were going to do it first. You know. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like they're playing at the same, you know, they're playing like 80 cities at the same time, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> insane. Right, so, Can you imagine the money? Oh, yeah, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Eventually, that's uh, that's the future. of touring. Yeah. Um, uh, although, uh, OK, so we're not going to play the clips, but I just have to mention that two of the songs in this love section reference uh, the Swedish group ABBA. They have oh, a, yeah. all boy the the only lyric in all boys believe anything is uh is they just keep saying all boys believe anything which is ABBA A B B A and they have a song the Ice Maiden which is about ABBA member Agnetha Volskog uh, it's about her so obviously he has a little ABBA oh, wow. so, didn't know that yeah yeah 
And all right, so now we get yeah, like you said, the 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 last section of the record is like really good. Uh, it, it's kind mm-hmm. of like it, it kind of like ties everything together, and it gets a little bit more like serious. I feel like you know. Yeah, it does. It gets. He did say that um, when he was waiting for the tape to rewound, rewind, he wrote these songs really fast, oh, which wow. is crazy. Yeah. So he's like, these last couple are are the ones that he wrote. And he says he thinks it's his best songs ever. I, I think so. Well, this next one, one of the broken, uh, it's written from the perspective of God. And uh, again, it's about redemption, like we said, but uh, it's just a really pretty song too. Let's listen to one of the broken. Yeah. Sing it to one of the broken and brother, you're singing to me. Pretty, pretty That's heavy great. shit. Yeah, it's great. It is, and and you could hear, fair. yeah, you could hear he's someone that I uh, that I'm sure at one point was very devout religious. I mean, he was thinking of being a priest, but it's like it's funny how you never, I guess, you never totally lose that and that idea of redemption. Yeah, I mean, and just being the redeemed. sorry, but just the balls of this guy. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, he's like, I'm Elvis, and now I'm God. It's yeah, like, right. Okay. Exactly. You know, I, I love that in the beginning. He's just, "Hi, I'm God." Right. Just, I don't. I could never. You know, I could never do that. Well, you were. Don't say I, that, Greg, because you were brave enough to bring a prefab sprout to the show. So you know, you're, right. you're braver than you know. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> I love this music. This is like really deep for me. Thank no, you for it, playing it. No, it's great. It's awesome. And uh, all right, Mercy. So we have Mercy just like a one simple verse repeated, yeah. but which is really great too. I love that because it's really, it's just very right to the point, matter of fact, and it leads into, you know, the whole last part of the record, like we said, is really, uh, is just really great. So let's wrap it up. Yep. Let's listen to a little bit of Mercy. Mercy on me. Say that I'm forgiven And wrap your arms around me To your goodness I surrender 
Without mercy, where is goodness? Won't you have mercy on me? Mercy on me Oh, say that I'm forgiven Yeah, really, really pretty song. Now, all right, Greg, I got a question for you. In your 30-plus years of playing, have you ever covered a a prefab sprout song on stage? No. No. No way. There's still time, Greg. (laughs) Yeah, no. It's interesting you say that. we I I know I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying there's still time. But uh, yeah, I don't know what I would be like. What would I do? Um, there's some songs on that album, protest songs. I think would be easier to do. We're I don't know if you about, know that. We're not talking about easy. We're not talking about easy. We're just talking no. about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is that, that is beautiful. That song to me is very meaningful. It is. It it, it is beautiful. I listened to it again tonight. Uh, right before we did it, I just listened to it. And yeah, it's just a really, like I said, simple, really beautiful song with a a beautiful little message, right? Yeah. And now we get Scarlet Nights. What is this? A disco. Basically it's a disco song about someone uh, waiting to die. sort of. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I think this is his idea of lightening up the mood. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's listen to, uh, Scarlet Nights. song and and river jordan again uh, pops up in this one always you know the bells are ringing you know um had had a hip vibe to it but i don't i don't never was a hit you know and right yeah but it sounds like yeah i i could hear it being one but so i don't know who knows you never yep. know never know maybe i'll cover that one that's that <laughs> i was thinking that maybe that'd be a good one and turn into a hit <laughs> strip it down well yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> stranger things have happened um, yeah. All right. So now we get a the really cathartic uh, album closer, a doo-wop and This is it, right? Because uh, it because now you have you have the redemption, but you have a little regret thrown in there, 
and yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's it, it's good. It's really good, and uh, it's got a little touch of sentimentality in there. And uh, yeah, it's great. Let's listen to a little bit of Doo-Wop in Harlem. There is a door album closer right fantastic and we missed about five or six songs too there's the bolero the stuff we couldn't get to right yeah i know there's a lot but i i would definitely recommend if anyone found this interesting to listen to the whole record as a whole because you know at the end of the day records like this were sort of meant to be as a whole piece but you did a good job i thought picking out the uh the clips to play greg i, I yeah like i said it's a Thank good you. playlist and uh yeah and i recommend diving into prefab sprout uh the whole catalog because it's all really good right i i think it's stellar i i don't know why people don't know who they are but i i like i said it's just one of those things where i just you know like kate bush or something like that too like different people they just they don't really translate over here as much or right. something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that happens a lot. But, um, yeah, I'm glad. See, you did the thing, Greg, that I tell people to do. Sometimes people, I swear, they pick a record because they think, oh, what what you, the listeners will like or what may seem like a cool pick. But, yeah, no, you pick the record that you just, that you loved and that maybe you were, you know, sort of kept to yourself a little. <laughs> yep. I like the what you said at the beginning about, um, you know, about, like, things that people get into but they don't know if they should and then they're in it you know what i mean yeah yeah right that's that's great music like you know what i mean like um just just to uh be caught up in something is really cool especially during a pandemic like these some of these records are saving your life you know just to put your headphones on and go okay Right. I need this. Oh right yeah. Now. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And and this is yeah, this is one of those things and that's uh yeah, that's great. So I'm really glad you brought it. And so Man's Body, like I said, Man's Body. So you're now why do you consider yourself Chicago if you're in LA? Why is it why does it have to be Chicago? Cuz the other guys in Chicago? I mean, why can't it be they're an all, LA band? They're all over there. I we ended up using these musicians. Well, we we use LA musicians too. And and it's weird um uh, it was either I go there or he comes here and he couldn't come here because of his job. 
And so I was able to go there more. Oh, okay. And also, I just rented an apartment with him, too. So I live in two places now. Oh, wow. Look at you. Um, which is crazy. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you have my house here and my wife and everything. And she works. But I'm going to Chicago to work a lot more. And we have the, the band there for, for the most part, you know. But we also work with... I have a band called Rough Church, too. What's it called? In L.A. And so I have... It's called Rough Church. Oh, Rough Church? And okay. there's a lot of records. Yeah, there's a lot of records on there. But, um, you know, so I have my Rough Church people, and they're working on Man's Body Records, and then we have side people in Chicago that are working on our records with this. So it's kind of a collective of a lot of people. Okay, yeah, so, but it's like good I stuff. So, like I said, we're the band of Windy Rock. So the best place, so, uh, if people go to the Heyday Media Group, uh, .bandcamp.com, that's that's a good place to see all this, right? Yeah. You hear all this. That's that's uh, great. Her label's called the Nocturnal Soul. Renee Travis is uh, the owner of the label too. And shout out to her and um, Jay Nimi, my partner in Man's Body. Okay. You know. Now, do you guys play? Have you guys played shows in a while? Or I'm, I'm sure you haven't been able to. We have not played too many, but we did. We we played my birthday show in September in Chicago. We did a. Uh, a night at the Montrose Saloon. We also had our friends come and we did a show live at a, a King Size Sound Labs. And so we recorded that. That's that's out on the internet to watch. That was our first show back. Okay, we did nice. another one in September, I mean, uh, November last year, and then not since then. All in Chicago. Uh, next month, we're playing at the Burlington Bar on the 22nd of april so man's body all right nice yeah it, it is like i said i recommend it i'll, I'll, I'll play uh some more i played i'll play some beginning and i'll play some on the outro too it, it is really good stuff I that's really great like it and uh yeah thanks for coming on greg and don't forget guys you know usual things instagram and facebook it's at that record got me high uh you can go to that facebook group got me high on facebook uh twitter t at trgmh podcast you can email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com if you want to become a patron of the show go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh and most importantly guys what you should do whatever you listen to it on rate you, you could like rate the show obviously five stars duh don't do less than that or else don't even rate it why would you do that um <laughs> Review it if you want to write a review of the show. That helps. The more reviews we get, you know, the better it is. And subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to it, whatever you want, because then the subscriber numbers go up. I honestly don't know why any of these matter at all. I just I feel like I'm supposed to tell you to do this, so just do it. Whatever. whatever. Absolutely. Ring that bell, they say. <laughs> yeah, just ring the bell. But uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, it was great having you on, Greg. Uh, brought a record. I think that. Uh, some people will be surprised, and uh, and I'm sure a lot of people will say, "Oh yeah, Prepad's proud." Of course, they're great, uh, but you know, you never know. But uh, it was you great. Yeah, it was great having you on, and it's great uh, having all you guys here listening. And we will see you guys next week. I'm Rob Elba. We're out of here. Thanks, Rob.